Hi, Jack. Hi, Kate. Welcome back. It's been a while, it feels like. It really does. Also, we're in a brand new location. We are. A one-time location. Hey, that's well, not like, true. One time, not forever, but one time, <laughs> like, it's not going to be consistent. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, I'm never going to be invited back. I think we'll... Because re- I didn't get out of my room we'll- for the house cleaners. <laughs> Well, I told you that they were coming. I didn't hear, but I I, I said, let's get I out should... of our rooms. And then you guys went in there and watched an episode of Love Island. I didn't hear that instruction, but I should have known. Yeah. You guys just were in there. They didn't want to bug you. For context, Kate and I are at her parents' uh, vacation home in Park City. And I was told to get out of my room today so that it would be cleaned. And instead, I went into it and closed the door and watched Love Island. Which and then we come home and she's like, did the housekeepers leave? And I'm like, yeah. And she goes, they didn't clean my room. I did not say it like <laughs> that. No, I did not. I was like, oh, they didn't do our room. And right. you snapped back at me really quickly. And Whoa. then I, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I've been feeling bad about that. <laughs> That's just what's on my mind. I've also been feeling bad about the fact that I used the griddle to make bacon this morning and your dad made fun of me. He roasted you. I didn't want to get in your way in the middle thing. I honestly think it was fine. It was fine. They were fine. He just wanted to give you a hard time. Yeah. But yesterday we actually did something crazy. We did ATV scavenger hunts. It was really crazy and fun. And when I say ATV, I mean like a four-man car. I guess it's called a razor. Yeah, if you guys are familiar. Yeah. When she was like <laughs> with the instruction thing, she's like, has anybody here driven a razor before? I like started I'm to like, raise my hand because yes. I thought she's like, hello. Duh. I'm a child of the 90s, <laughs> Ob- 2000s. Obviously, I've I had, had a, a razor. pink razor. But I was just telling you about my razor. Yeah. But she meant an ATV, a four-person ATV uh, car thing that goes really fast. So fast. And also the course was like 10 miles plus. It was, we probably covered a good 30 to 40 miles. Oh yeah, I was going like to say minimum. 40. Because we were looping back. Yeah. And also, mind you, I can't believe they just allowed random people to take these things. Didn't breathalyze anybody. Like... It was insane. They we were on like cliff Cliffs edges, galore, rocky cliff edges, going so fast because you're in a scavenger hunt. You're up against other teams. It's a race. It's a race. <laughs> but it yeah, was really really scary and wild. Other than that, though, I've been thinking about this life here. It feels so much more like wellnessy. Mm. I don't know if it's just because we're in the mountains and the air feels cleaner. And then it's like just more removed from society. I also think, and you and I have already talked about this because we heard about it on obviously Huberman Lab. Right. um, How like seeing big panoramic views actually, like it does really great things for your eyes, but it also does really great things for your mind. And how like when you're constantly surrounded by buildings and you're not able to like see panoramic views, that also impacts the way that you think and you're not able to like imagine big picture as well so i feel like that is part of it yeah i don't know i'm just really enjoying myself here me too we're going on a boat tomorrow yep and and we did yoga in a crater we did we did something nice for our body which i feel on like a paddleboard chris scott would totally approve of oh my gosh chris scott would love this trip i think the balance and the stretching of the paddleboard yesterday i was like so excited so to good tell for all the tiny muscles in your ankles oh and our toes crazy we were really we were creating a tripod with our body. We were. Chris Scott loves when people are tripods. Literally. 
<laughs> Literally, he does. And he cares a lot about toe health. Yeah, That's you guys so will hear all about that pretty soon. Yeah, so today on the podcast, we have Dr. Chris Scott, which if you go to Moxie, you're likely familiar with. He is the resident physical therapist at Moxie. Um, but he came to us, I guess, about six months into Moxie being open um, and started renting space in the studio. And that was when he initially launched his own business. Um, and we talk a lot on the episode today about why he decided to separate himself from his previ- previous PT clinic, um, the issues that he sees with the traditional healthcare model and specifically physical therapy model. Uh, we talk about ways to preserve your body's health, improve your mobility, um, and a lot of other fun things. Yeah, I think you guys are going to learn a lot and really enjoy him. Happy Monday at 7 a.m., Chris Scott. Good morning. Welcome to Friends with Health Benefits. (laughs) Thank you for having me. How do you usually start your Monday mornings? Um, at this time, probably deep in REM sleep, right. uh, <laughs> just dreaming about the week and, uh, you know, maybe a cup of coffee brewing, but yeah, this is a great start to the week. Love that. Do you have like morning rituals at all when it, when the REM sleep ends? Oh, um, try to make it to work on time. <laughs> right. <laughs> Love it. I wish I could say I'm a morning person, but, um, now I'm a little bit more of a night owl, so I would say get up, get ready, and you know, hopefully the clothes match. That's that's all we can ask for in the morning. The right. uniform, the uniform is, is major, huge. It's it's big time, you know. It's kind of iconic. That's I don't like know the... if you know that about yourself. <laughs> really? Yeah. Well, somebody told me the other day. They said you're the only person that wears pants like slacks at no. moxie like you must be doing something important and right. i said well it's all a facade you know he's the boss of everyone. the image is important people see you and they're like that guy knows something about something it is and that's a perk of being your own boss it's like yeah i have a uniform now right yeah <laughs> welcome I, i'm bummed it's summer now i have to wear shorts and i know yeah, now i can't uh, lose all be a weird transition. credibility yeah. right you'll lose all authority you ever had with the slacks yeah out the window so it is funny Shoot. especially in the personal training area when you take people out there for like exercises and stuff when all the trainers are like in their muscle tanks <laughs> cut off <laughs> acting yeah. like absolute <laughs> fools and chris is like has his hands behind his back the most professional <laughs> use the most professional one a person came up to me they said what do you do or what do you do differently? And I said, absolutely nothing. Like yeah. <laughs> leave it to lunchtime. I'm joking around with these guys anyway. So, right. 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 So about a year ago, you decided to launch your own business and leave a PT clinic that you were employed at. Can you talk a little bit about the thought process and what ultimately led you to make that jump? Yeah. Um, so I was managing a clinic in North Huntington. Um, it was, your traditional PT clinic that was insurance-based. And the biggest jump for me and the biggest reason why I made that jump was because I just, I didn't see the efficiency in the type of work that I was doing. And that's a, that's a big thing for me um, in the sense that, you know, we saw people two to three times a week um, for upwards of, you know, three to six months. And I said, there's gotta be a you know, better way to do this process. And, um, so I decided to open up my own, you know, cash-based practice, um, which was probably the scariest thing I've ever done in my life. And um, it's been probably, honestly, the best thing I've ever done in my life. Uh, it has allowed me to, 
you know, treat people and, and um, build a business the way that it should be done in, in the medical world. I think um, in today's society, the medical world is a little bit opposite of how it should go. And so hopefully the goal is to try and chip away at the model and, and, and provide, you know, high quality, you know, healthcare. So it's been, it's been a long journey for sure. And I'm excited to just keep it going. Did you have clientele trickle over or were you starting from scratch? Um, you know, you always have a couple people that, that, that follow you for right. sure. Um, however, you know, jumping into Moxie, it was, it was a fresh start. You know, it was wipe that just catch clean and just first day open the doors and see what happens, which is, you know, kind of the most daunting part of it all. Um, is cause you just sit there, you know, arms crossed and you're like, well, I hope somebody comes, you know? And so, that is so scary. um, yeah, it was, it was definitely very difficult, but you know, um, and especially too, I think professionally and personally, um, going from, you know, uh, a place of employment with multiple employers, lots of buddies, lots of friends, you know, going to work and sitting down at lunch and, you know, uh, being able to talk with your peers and your colleagues to, okay, you're going to go into the room in the back and you're by yourself. I mean, it was, uh, you know, very scary in, in multiple aspects of my life. But, um, like I said, after a year, it's, uh, been the, the longest, but the best year, I would probably say, you know, both professionally and personally. What kinds of things in particular do you feel like you do differently from a traditional PT clinic that sets it apart? Um, the biggest thing is, is probably the model, right? And so in terms of, of healthcare, everyone automatically assumes that, you know, you have to go um, to your, you know, primary care physician or, you know, your GP in order to get a script to go. Uh, see a physical therapist and in today's age and in California specifically um, you can come right off the streets right and it's called direct access and so um, with that uh, we have the ability to what's called differentially diagnose right so you come in and you say okay I have back pain it's our job uh, to essentially uh, deem what's causing that back pain um, and then kind of go from there. And so with that, um, you're not kind of handcuffed by certain protocols um, or insurance. And that's kind of the biggest thing. Um, a lot of times you have to fight for reimbursement as uh, a medical professional in kind of your traditional model. I have to explain to Blue Shield, you know, Blue Cross, Blue Shield, sorry, um, this is why you should pay me for helping this individual out. And so now kind of uh, flipping that model or, you know, going to the other side of things, you get to really, you know, do what you want. And so um, I'm a manual based practitioner, which means most of my sessions are, you know, completely hands on. Um, and I get to spend the whole hour with the patient um, rather than, you know, maybe 10 to 15 minutes. And so that's what shifts from going from two to three times a week, multiple months um, in terms of a full care plan to, you know, averaging like six visits. Um, so it just makes the process much more efficient. You know, I used to, and the big reason why I made the shift is, you know, I had, <clears throat> you know, major athletes. I had working moms that said, look, I can only come here once a week. I can only sacrifice an hour of my time. And we were just weren't getting results, you know, or the results were taking a little bit longer. And so with that now, you know, averaging about six visits, six weeks, I mean, that's what really makes the process, um, you know, as efficient as possible. Yeah, I feel like that's the biggest thing I hear from people that see you in general, and I've experienced it as well, is just how quickly people see results. And I think that 
you know, it's, I mean, it's completely different from any PT clinic I've ever been to in that I would see one person for 10 minutes and then get pawned off to the next person for the next 10 minutes and go kind of back and forth with all of that. And so I also, not only is it more efficient the time that you're there, but it also eliminates barriers for both of you because people don't want to deal with insurance. Generally speaking, they don't even understand their health insurance policy. They don't know how to navigate the situation. And then on your end, there's kind of this pressure of like, you have to give a specific diagnosis in order to justify X, Y, Z. So it just ends up, it sounds like it ends up like eliminating a lot of that friction. Most definitely. And I think that's still the biggest obstacle that I face is trying to uh, explain to people, okay, I know you have this vision or this idea of what the medical model, model looks like. We're going to flip it on its head. And um, I think that's what, you know, keeps people um, out until they, you know, pain always wins, until they're in so much pain where they're like, I got to try something new. I got to try something different. Um, and the big thing is the relationship as well. Um, you know, probably the second biggest reason of why I decided to, you know, get into practice for myself was, um, you know, the power of relationships. I'm a true extrovert by heart. If you ask my mother, she said, you know, he talks, to the, he can talk to the wall. Hopefully he doesn't talk to the walls already. And so, um, to be able to spend an hour with somebody and develop that level of, of, of trust and rapport, um, with an individual and really get to know them as well. That's when you make the biggest change. That's when you make, you know, kind of the, um, the, the biggest impact because this person says, Hey, this is an individual who isn't on some pedestal, right? You know, a lot of times we hold, you know, MDs and surgeons on this pedestal and there's this kind of superiority complex that at the end of the day, I'm the most educated guesser in the room. You know, <laughs> I, you know, know a couple more things about the body. And if I can share those with that individual and let them take control of their, their health and wellness, I mean, that's, that's the name of the game in my, in my eyes. Yeah. And I think that approach, I mean, has definitely benefited you, benefited you significantly. You told me a story of how you kind of became the like core component of this competitive dance studio (laughs) and how you ended up with a very specific clientele. Obviously, you know, like you said, you deal with working moms, you deal with athletes and others as well. But can you tell us a little bit about that story and kind of what it taught you about the relationships you develop with clients? Yeah, it's... um... It's, it's, it's quite funny. I was at that traditional PT clinic and, um, you know, your, uh, patient caseload is all random, you know, it's, it's, it's who you get scheduled with at that time, who's available at that time. And so, um, with that, uh, I was given a, a dancer, competitive dancer, classically trained, um, who came in with a pretty gnarly ankle sprain and she said, okay, I have two weeks before I compete. I'm thinking, oh my God, you know, how are we going to, how are we going to do this? How are we going to make this happen? And, you know, got blessed with some, you know, great compliance on her end and, um, you know, dash bit of luck. And, um, you know, she wound up competing and and winning that competition. Um, and then the floodgates opened, you know, friends and, um, you know, individuals that, you know, performed at her studio as well. Um, they just kept, kept rolling through. And this is coming from me who's never danced a day in my life. I mean, um, if you ask my family, I probably shouldn't be dancing as well. And so, um, it's been, a, it's been a, it's been a great thing. Um, just being able to learn and see more about not only their sport as they call it, um, but it's truly an art and, um, it's, it's been a big challenge because here I go from, okay, I played foot my football my entire life. I understand, you know, the ins and outs of it too. 
what is it? You know, this is second position ballet. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I had no idea. And so um, it's been the most uh, fun, uh, probably patient population that I've had the chance to work with just based on uh, uh, the simple fact of, uh, of it being a challenge um, and kind of the relationships that have come from it. Yeah. And I think, I mean, that is just a huge testament to what you were saying about being an extrovert, because I would imagine working with predominantly teenage girls is not the easiest thing in the world. And you don't have very much in common with them and can't relate on a whole lot of things. But you've been able, I mean, just kind of seeing from an outsider's perspective, the relationships that you develop with them and they're excited to see you when they come in and moms are trusting and feel great about you and the relationship that you have with their daughters and so I think that all goes back to that relationship building and realizing that like the patient doctor relationship historically, especially in America, is so skewed and warped and, and weird and uncomfortable. I watched this TikTok recently. Did you know that in Europe, oh gosh. doctors, offices, like, you know, you know, the ones, the bed with the paper on top of it, everyone, yeah. the stool the sink like it's all just one variation it's tan yes maybe like a muted blue right that's not what they look like in other places what do they look like i don't they like sit down in an office with you you're like face to face there's couches there's like comfy and then you go and like do the tests and everything else but you right. don't sit like think about that for a second you're an adult sitting man, on a bed like this just sitting waiting on a piece of paper you move and it's like crunchy it's just like the most mind-boggling thing it's, in the world to me no it's crazy and I did just want to say I was also a competitive dancer oh which is something you might not know about me there we go <laughs> and I had like the worst hip injury ever and I could, probably could have used a great PT like you what was your PT experience like I never really went I was like it hurts I didn't really know that PT was an option right. honestly when I was that young and my parents, like, they just took me to, like, get scans and, like, took me to, like, a real-life doctor when, like, I probably just needed, like, tools to do on my own. Right. Like, throughout my dance career. Well, you still have hip problems, don't you? No, the same. Yeah. You should probably talk <laughs> to Chris. Great. It's the same problem. <laughs> Perfect marketing here for me. So. Right. But, no. Anyways, I could have used someone like you at end of the day. Right. But, so, I want you to talk a little bit about your experience in the day-to-day -day, we kind of touched on it how you're flipping you know the whole industry kind of on its head but can you talk about what your per personal approach is to when you have a client or an athlete and like how to like quickly get them back into what they were doing as fast as possible right I mean I think it all starts with um, you know kind of what Jack touched upon is you want to create an environment or an atmosphere of, of healing, right? If somebody walks into your, your office, your clinic, your studio, and it does not give off um, kind of that vibe, it's, a, it's going to be an uphill battle from there, right? And so I think the biggest thing is, you know, greeting somebody at, at the door and, um, you know, really setting the tone. Um, and then the, um, the, it has to be a place of healing. Right. And so um, with that, they have to feel confident. They have to feel comfortable when they come into um, your office. And the biggest thing is that uh, relationship from the jump. Right. And so um, the first five or 10 minutes, you know, I, I speak to them about, you know, that was a weekend. How's everything going? Right. Because, again, if you do not trust this individual, 
um, just like with any product or service, right? You go to a mechanic and that mechanic, um, you know, you don't feel that from the jump that it's going to be very difficult for, for you to trust them. Um, the next step is probably getting them to understand kind of what is happening and what is going on, right? I always say I'm doing a disservice to uh, my patients if they don't fully understand what's happening. I think we can all agree that a lot of times, um, especially in, in, in other business models, uh, you go in and it's just blind trust. All right, here's here's my car. All right, here's this, here's that. Um, and so the my biggest thing is, is education, right? And so uh, the E in Rio uh, is actually education and, and empowerment. And so um, all of my dancers, they're at, they're at nationals now, right? And I don't have the ability to, to be there with them and help them. However, if I didn't arm them with some of the knowledge and some of the tools to help themselves, then again, I'd be doing them a disservice. And so um, I think that's the second part. And then the third is is really kind of the, the manual care of things, right? And it's the, the hands-on treatment. Um, you know, telehealth and, and, and virtual health is, is a big thing in our, in our world today. Um, and I think it's a very powerful tool. However, I don't think a lot of things beat kind of hands-on treatment. Um, I wish I could say what I'm doing is rocket science. I wish I could say I'm this big, smart genius, but really it's just, uh, it's helping facilitate the body heal itself, right? I always make the analogy to like Wolverine and, and X-Men, you know, how quickly can you help somebody, their body heal, heal itself? Um, and, you know, there's a lot of powerful tools um, in today's world that, you know, we're able to use on, in order to do so. Um, and I think the, then the last piece is, you know, tying it all up, right? And, and making sure that, okay, you're with me an hour of the day, but how are you going to spend the next 23 hours, right? And so it goes much uh, above and beyond just kind of uh, that hour that we spend there, right? If you're not checking, you know, in with them on how they're sleeping, if uh, their diet, their nutrition, um, you know, some of the, the extra variables, it, 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 it's going to take away from your hour that you spent together, so... Yeah, I think it's crucial, like empowering your clients and students with the tools to do the other 23 hours, like what you said. And also how you you were saying, like your goal is to get them in like one hour, six sessions, like you don't need them forever, which a lot of business models is like they're structured to trap the client and have them pay you forever. Right. So it's really cool of you to be like, no, I want you to be able to not need me anymore and have these tools in your back pocket whenever you need them. Yeah. I mean, I think you have to promote independence, right. right? And so a lot of times people will say, well, aren't you undercutting yourself? Like, why are you teaching them things that are going to help them? And I always make the analogy, you know, to, to your body is like a car, right? You could drive your car perfectly, right? Treat it, um, the best and, you know, not very, not drive it that much or you know, not drive it super fast or super long. Um, but it's still going to break down, right? It's still going to need tune-ups. It's still going to need these things, especially that, you know, that you can't foresee. Um, and so with that, you know, if you treat people right, you'll have lifelong patience. I don't need you to come into my office and say, oh my gosh, this is terrible, right? We've got to, you know, we've got to go three times a week for the next six months, which again, when people come in and they trust you, they're going to believe whatever you say. Um, and so I think if you, if you treat them right, if you build that relationship, they're going to, they're going to come to you forever. Yeah. And also, I mean, I think especially with that one client that we already talked a little bit about, is they're going to sing your praises to everybody that they know. And 
already like I've seen that happening all over the gym of people being like, oh, you got to go to Chris. Like as soon as someone's like, oh, I got this weird thing. They're like, oh, you got to go to Chris. He's you right back there. You can say anything. <laughs> like I'll literally be like, I'm kind of hungry. Like, oh, you should go see Chris. Like it's Great crazy. snacks in the back. Yes. <laughs> it's it's true. With that one for no, sure. it's really true. No, it is. And I think it's, you know, I, it's interesting when we talk about like, getting people back as quickly as you can and and that compliance piece right I've, i obviously with competitive dancers they're very used to a regimented routine and having to follow a very strict schedule and everything else so i understand the compliance point from them but with your other clients like people posting wearing toe spacers after they go <laughs> visit you like not everyone's going to go out and you know order toe spacers from amazon but because you explained that because of the shoes that we wear and how they narrow and all the things and you really equip them with all that information, people, you know, that buy-in level is so much higher. And they also want to make you proud. They're like, oh, I got to show Chris I got the toe space. Right, right. I want to get them. <laughs> oh, we'll I'm link them in haven't. the show notes. Yeah, got to get the great. toe space. Got to jump on board. Got to. Yeah. So kind of going back to that, like what you were saying, it has to be an environment of healing. And you're, I mean, there's no debate on this. Your office is the most peaceful place in Moxie. <laughs> <laughs> It's tough. Well, arguably Nikki's breathwork class, but that's two hours a week. So just generally speaking, your office is the most peaceful place in the gym. And I think a lot of people might not understand the choice of putting a PT clinic in a gym, right? They're usually quiet. They're usually a very different setting, um, surrounded with other, you know, practitioners and everything else. So can you talk a little bit about why you thought a fitness studio was going to be a good fit for you and how that has helped and or hindered, and you can be honest, <laughs> uh, your business in any way? Um, you know, I do have my, uh, preference on, on trainers, just simply not based on them as a human, but based on their music choice, because right. <laughs> I hear it all day, every day. And, right. um, no, it, it goes back to, um, you know, you have to be in an environment, um, to which, what goals you want to achieve. Right. And so there honestly is nothing better than walking back into my office because you go straight through the belly of the beast, right. On your left and on your right, you see active people. Um, working out. And so if that doesn't already give you some inspiration or a goal to achieve to which you come back into my office, um, then, then, you know, you're walking back with your eyes closed because, um, you know, at the end of the day, iron sharpens iron. Right. And then, so if you see these individuals, um, you know, working out at such a high level, you want to achieve that. You want to get back to that. The OC market, if you would, on places to kind of open up shop was, um, choosing or utilizing a facility that, promotes health and wellness at a, at a much deeper level, right? Um, you'll see a lot of places, um, they'll say, yeah, you know, we, we take care of our, our clients, you know, we've got some juices here or, you know, they've got a bathroom with towels and stuff like that. But it truly comes down to not only the people that work there, um, the energy that, that, that they promote or that they give off, um, but then the overall goal, right? And so, you know, funny story, I had never heard of Moxie. Moxie was, you know, being a newer into that area was never on my radar. Um, and it wasn't until I actually utilized a promotion that they were running for a free sauna session that I just needed to actually decompress after going and visiting another local gym, um, to which, you know, I was walked back and they said, Oh, Hey, you know, they were telling me the story of, of, of it's, it's, it's upbringing and, and whatnot, or it's coming to, 
And they said, yeah, we I used to have, you know, massage therapists in here. We're looking to, you know, potentially rent this room out that it just all clicked. And then diving deeper, I think it took about, you know, a month to work out the logistics and whatnot. But in that month, I was able to understand uh, what Moxie is really. And and I think what um, what the, the studio and what the gym was as a whole and really get to meet the people behind the scenes. And I think that's what really put it over the top. And again, I was, I was very nervous at, at, even at lunchtime to just sit in my back office and eat by myself. And <laughs> so cute. And so now I have, you know, uh, friends that I didn't even want to have, you right, know, because exactly. yeah. I was going to say, I little did hide. you know, yeah. you, you shouldn't have walked out because uh, too much of what you ask for. It's yeah. crazy. So even though you're surrounded by all those people at Moxie, you are the sole business owner of Rio. So that means wearing a lot of different hats and especially people like you, a physical therapist, you're trained in a very specific field and specialty. So I imagine some of the other tasks that you're not as highly equipped for can be difficult. So what does it look like when you like try to delegate some of those things to yourself? Yeah, that's. I mean, that's a great question. And in the beginning, I said, "Oh, I'm Superman. Like, I can do it all." Like my mom tells me all the time, "Oh, you're amazing. Like, I'm gonna <laughs> ride. Yeah, I'm gonna ride with that." Uh, I quickly realized that uh, you know maybe she doesn't know everything because it was one of those where the power of of outsourcing um, is the is the best thing that you can learn. I think as a business owner, um, because at the end of the day, you're not a professional in many aspects. I thought, oh, you know, I could, I can keep my own books and, you know, I can, you know, manage this, that, and the other. But at the end of the day, you have to perform the tasks that you're best at. Right. And the ones that you're not the best at, give them to someone else. Because guess what? They've been trained. They've been educated. They're professionals in it. And so I think um, that was probably the biggest lesson um, for me is to utilize others right uh, especially to here i am starting this is my baby you know people are like oh you know what do you do on a daily basis and it's like oh i everything <laughs> I cultivate my business you know and so um the ability to hand that off to somebody um is just as similar as a mom or a dad dropping off their their son or daughter with me and, and trusting me and right. so you had to learn how to do that very quickly so at this point, I mean, obviously at the beginning, I'm sure, like you said, you thought you were Superman and you were going to handle all of it. But what kinds of things did you decide to outsource and what kind of tools and resources did you use to do that? Yeah, um, I think the biggest one was the financial piece, right? I crunched a couple numbers and I think that one took me the shortest amount of time to know, like, I have no idea what I'm doing, right? right? Maybe I should have paid attention a couple in, in a couple of accounting classes and, right. and whatnot. And so... Um, utilizing individuals um, that uh, could do so to a, something as simple as, you know, the interior of my office and, and decor and saying, oh, I could kind of design little things or uh, the logo itself. I'll, I'll draw something up. You know, I got to be in, in art class in, in high school. I could do this myself um, to, you know, um, having individuals, you know, create that that logo or design certain artwork that's hung in my um, in my office. But honestly, the best thing was having this established community, right? Um, speaking about the power of relationships, right? Every uh, thing that I outsource, every individual who I go to for that is more often than not a, a patient or a friend or a family member of a patient. 
Um, and so you develop not only this professional Rolodex, right, but as well as a, as a personal Rolodex, right? So now I have um, my tax guy, you know, came from, you know, X, Y, and Z. And so that's that's been the best thing is, is it truly uh, understanding the community that you're in and utilizing it to the fullest. So we, we always say that even about this podcast. It's, it's crazy. really incredible. The people that we have been able to develop relationships with and like every day I feel like I learn something new about, especially at a gym, like, and this is one of the things I love about fitness in general is it's pretty nondescript. Like obviously there are like the fancy athletic wear brands and everything else. But when people come in, like they don't have a specific style. You can't kind of guess what they do for a living. You're not really sure. They're just in their Lululemon garb garb head to toe. And you just have to, and then you find out these crazy things that like, Oh, like he's been in the weed business for the last 10 years. And 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 you're like, I'm sorry, what? And then the next part, it just like blows my mind. So yeah, it's fun to meet a bunch of different people. Especially at Moxie. You've probably met a bit one too many people. (laughs) Okay. I'm good. Right. (laughs) Give me a second. I just need one minute. Yeah. So kind of going back to that education piece, I do want people like the business aspect is, is a, big part of this, but I do want people to be able to listen to this and walk away with some information and some tips, um, to kind of be able to apply it in their day-to-day lives. So I know you see a lot of injuries and issues from dancers, from athletes and things like that, but kind of widening that just the average everyday person, what are the most common injuries you see people experience? Yeah. So the, I don't necessarily per se see one common injury right i see everything from you know oh, waking up in the morning my first couple steps hurt to walk uh, or a common ankle sprain to hey i got in a motor vehicle accident and i'm feeling a little bit concussed um but i think the the biggest thing is that everybody comes to me with with some type of pain and they think it's completely normal right they it's very similar again to making the car analogy like oh my car it always makes that noise right and it's like wait a second no that's not okay that's not just um something to live with and so um i would say you know back pain right like everyone always talks about whether it's your upper back you know kind of shoulders kind of sitting in this posture um you know for hours at a time um to you know lower back pain um same thing you know from a sedentary lifestyle um to, to being active, right? Oh, I, I get back pain with deadlifts. Doesn't everyone, right? I think that's kind of the, the craziest part and the thing that I see the most is just this conception that um, our bodies are supposed to be in pain and that's just, there's just an underlying general level of pain at all times. Um, and it's like, wait a second, you, that's, that's not normal. That's not okay. And so, um, yeah, head to toe, um, see a little bit of everything which is nice right because if I you know worked at a certain place where it became almost monotonous because it was like oh another ankle sprain like another knee sprain um because then I feel like I would just become cookie cutter so everyone that walks through my door uh it's it's like a little mystery it's like a little puzzle um and there's some quite a bit of diversity in terms of presentation so yeah I definitely I had like chronic shoulder pain basically from high school all the way through college up until honestly I would say two years ago and I fully thought it was normal. I just was like, Oh, I'm like a little tense. Like that's where I carry stress. Like that's what you hear people Mm -hmm. say like, Oh, you just carry stress in your neck or your shoulders or whatever it is. 
And I'm curious, I know you're not a nutritionist, but do you talk to people about their eating habits? Because I think for me, I really didn't change anything. I did incorporate strength training more often, but I really think the biggest change for me was cutting out really inflammatory foods. And I think that that moved the needle more than anything else that I've done. And I have an experience other than when I was doing a push up on the bike and hurt myself recently. <laughs> but the right. kind of chronic pain that I used to experience, I haven't felt in years. Well, it's funny you say that because when somebody walks in, you know, for let's say for a daily follow up and, you know, they say, oh, you know, my, my shoulder's a little achy today. I won't even talk to them about their shoulder for the first, you know, four or five questions, right? I will say, okay, how did we sleep, right? How did did you give your body a chance to recover, to rest, right? And then I'll go right into, okay, how have we been eating? Oh, I had a really long weekend. You know, we celebrated my birthday. We drank a lot. You know, we ate, you know, fried food. Um, like you said, you're not helping your body heal itself, right? And so um, it's it falls within our scope of practice, especially on the anti-inflammatory side of things. Um, if we ever needed to take a step further, you know, that's when I'll refer to, you know, either a, a dietitian or a nutritionist. Um, but again, it's those, it's those variables that, you know, we don't automatically think of um, in terms of, you know, the physical or the mechanical component of, of pain. Um, and those are the most powerful. Um, and so, I mean, I think you're in the majority in the sense of like, oh, when I take care of my shoulder, utilizing other aspects of my life, it, that's when you fully heal. That's when you get a lot better. So, I think that holistic approach is what a lot of practices lack. And I think that's why a lot of Americans, they experience loss of mobility, chronic pain so early in life. So what are some things that the audience or just people can do to increase the longevity of their bodies and their movement in at any age, in any stage? Right. Uh, I think it boils down to something as simple as, um, as time, right? People say like, oh, I, you know, I don't have the time in my day to take care of my back. Well, yeah, you do, right? Is, you know, and I don't want to say I trick people, right? But a lot of times you try and take down the barriers that are preventing them from, you know, taking care of themselves. And so I always ask them, I say, oh, what, you know, what's your favorite show, Right. All my dancers. Oh, Gilmore Girls, Vampire Diaries. They still watch Gilmore Girls. I love that. That is the sweetest thing I've heard. That makes me so (laughs) happy that they're still watching Gilmore Girls. Oh, they love it. And they they come in and tell me more. And I know more probably than I would like to know. I'm, you know, up to date on the Kardashians and what's going on. Of course. The new Hulu show. Oh, yeah. (laughs) For sure. Season was great, you know. So, (laughs) Um, but I asked them for the reason of, I say, okay. Well, I'm going to teach you a couple of of self-mobility techniques that you can do while you're watching the show, right? Um, You know, not everyone is blessed with Hulu Premium. So I say, when it's on the commercials, this is when you do these exercises, right? Um, Or even, you know, to the working individual. Okay, you're seated at, you know, your your desk and whatnot. Um, This is what you're going to do throughout the day. If you're at a stoplight, you know, just try to work on your posture. If you um, have a, a call, go on a walk when you do the call and so it's it's little things like uh like that in order to kind of help facilitate right break down kind of the barriers because everyone has enough time it's just kind of the the intent that you have to put behind it um i think it's funny where you'll take a person that lived in pain for that week you show them a couple things you teach them a couple things you work on them a little bit 
And then that next week, they're like, wait a second, I can do this myself. Uh, and again, you know, empowering them to do so, it just opens their eyes to, like you said, wait a second, I don't have to live with shoulder pain forever and ever. And so um, it's just, you know, kind of arming them with that knowledge and with that understanding. So if you were to give people, and obviously, I mean, if you want to stand up and do it, you're welcome to, but you don't have to, you can, you can describe it. Come on, Chris. Can get out if again. you were to give people three stretches to do every single day, like this is baseline. Every single person should be doing this every day of their lives. It's a great question. So I think it's a million dollar question, uh, in the sense of, um, it's, it's all about, I'd probably say more so movement, right? And so when we think of, you know, kind of stretches, right? And I would say, you know, to answer your question, you know, in short, um, it's probably a half kneeling, you know, hip flexor stretch, right? You know, the common anytime that you are um, kind of stretching your hip flexors, right? Because those generally get the tightest, you know, just based on the positions that you, that we hold ourselves as humans on a daily basis. Um, that's that's probably number one right but it goes back to uh the saying that like motion is lotion right and so you have to think that when you're going from zero to 100 and i always make the analogy of of a car right when you go from sitting down at your eight hour job to hopping right into class you gave your, your car no time to warm up right and so it goes into more of those dynamic stretches those dynamic warm-ups um, that's probably the biggest thing in terms of, you know, helping that longevity and that quality of life that Kate mentioned there. Um, and so the other thing too is, um, my, a lot of times I give people, um, uh, self-mobility, self-massage techniques, right? You know, based on the type of work that I do, they always say, well, how do I, you know, mimic your hands at home? Um, it's as simple as using a tennis ball or a lacrosse ball, you know, uh, up against the wall and just working on some of those points, right? Again, you're not doing something absolutely crazy. You're just giving your body some blood flow into that area to let it heal itself, right? And so um, I think getting a routine, right? So pick your three, you know, favorite of, of what they are um, based on kind of how you present. Um, and then just make sure you do them, you know, every morning. I think that's the biggest thing rather than discerning, you know, okay, which specific three are the best. It's taking those three and, and the compliance to it, right? I make the analogy of like uh, brushing your teeth in the morning, right? With some of the techniques that I choose. And the biggest thing is to wake things up, get blood flow into the area, get them ready for the day. And then at the end of the day, you know, doing them again and rewarding your body, right? And I think uh, we can get a lot deeper into that as well. But it's 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 one of those things of, of, of thanking yourself and thanking your body for making it through kind of another day. So, Can you talk a little bit about the differences between dynamic stretching and activation in a warm-up and then static stretching after and why it's important to utilize those two different techniques at those different times? Right. So... Um, we've seen a, a drastic shift, right? Uh, from the old school, like uh, a couple of things, right? Um, okay, static stretches. Everyone remembers sitting in those lines uh, at dance, uh, football, everything, and just holding something for 30 seconds and then saying switch and going to the next one, right? And so, you know, through kind of um, some changes to, to the field, if you would, it's now become much more dynamic, right? And the, and the concept and the analogy that I use is, is similar to a rubber band, right? Your muscles are like rubber bands, 
before you put a rubber band on something, you're not going to just sit there and stretch it out, right? Because when you utilize a muscle, it's, you know, shortening, you know, in a spin class 10,000 times, 20,000 times. The last thing I want to do is elongate something right before I utilize it. And so um, a dynamic warm up, right? Getting blood flow to the area, you know, helping shorten these muscles in a, in a quick, rapid uh, manner is going to prep your body into um, preparing yourself to, to work out, right? And so with that, it's, it's vital before, um, taking your body zero to a hundred, that's where people get hurt. Right. But getting to the class early, just rolling out for a couple of minutes, just, you know, doing a couple squats and whatnot. Um, that's really what's going to help you. And then what's going to help in terms of the recovery, um, that's when you get your static stretching. Right. And so, um, holding those positions, you know, elongating certain muscles um, for 30 seconds a minute. That's what's going to help you, your body recover faster and give it what it's needs. So always think dynamic before and kind of static after is, is probably the most simple way to put it. Got it. Yeah. That's I, what we do at Moxie, right? It is. Yeah. Okay, great. Yes, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, check got that covers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, I always, when I am at a regular gym, I was at a hotel gym recently and, and somebody walked in and was like holding stretch. I mean, three minutes, I Whoa. swear, in one position. And I so badly wanted to be like, excuse me, sir. <laughs> you need to start with your dynamic stretching. Can we talk about dynamic stretching and glute activation? <laughs> And this is why I give you business cards, you know, for next right. time you're there. So <laughs> Exactly. Okay. So I thought something that could be fun was we'll run through a couple common injuries or pains yeah. and then you'll give us not rapid fire because obviously your practice is extremely extensive and you could never give us the actual diagnosis for these injuries, but just a couple things that you would recommend them to do. Of course. Okay, great. We'll start with probably one of the most common is low back pain. What would your like top suggestion be right and so i think the biggest thing which it blows people's mind and it in turn blows my mind to think about is um first identifying what causes the low back pain and taking away that variable <laughs> so a lot of times people will say when i bend over to get my child right i i have the sharp shooting pain in my back. Right. And I'm not saying like, okay, be a bad parent, leave them on the floor. However, you know, you have to then adjust, you know, how you're doing that, right? You have to take that variable away from it. And so uh, it's then realizing kind of <clears throat> what's, uh, how it's presenting, right? If it's a dull, sore, you know, kind of achy pain, um, you know, that's okay, right? We can kind of work through that. But again, if it's kind of a sharp shooting pain, that's your body's alarm system and, and kind of taking that away. And so for me, it's, it's, it's stretching those hip flexors, right? Your psoas muscle is, is a lot of times a big culprit. And a lot of times people are like, wait a second, you're messing with the front side here, but it's my back. And I, one thing that I s explain is yes, that's essentially the smoke, right? But the fire is up front, right? And so your body, you know, does a great job of, you know, this equal and opposite relationship, right? So, you know, oh, I've got this pain in between my shoulder blades. Well, guess what? It's probably, you know, based on what's happening to the front here. And so for the low back pain, it's everything as simple as taking a lacrosse ball, putting up it against the wall and just kind of uh, rolling out for, you know, five minutes in the morning, five minutes in the evening. I say, if you can do that, more times than not, it can probably take away about 60, 65% of people's back pain, right? And just giving your body that blood flow to those muscles that with your low back have to be on all day, right? They're on right now as, up, as we're sitting upright, right? Um, when we stand, you know, for that presentation, 
Um, so I think, you know, that kind of five minutes in the morning, five minutes in the evening for that back pain would be best. Yeah, for sure. I recently learned that the hip flexors can also be, you know, signs of the back. So I knew that. That's cool. (laughs) (laughs) I was really excited. Okay. What about, let's move down the body. What about like constant ankle sprains? Yeah. So with your ankle sprain, um, you have to think first, you know, what are you doing to, to kind of cause those ankle sprains again, right? Um, and why don't you have the stability of that ankle in that, that position, in that activity? Um, and then it goes straight into, you know, strengthening that or uh, more so balance, right? Everyone is like, oh, I just have bad balance. It's like, no, you just haven't practiced it, right? Um, it's not necessarily a a super transferable kind of ability in the sense that you can't do, you know, like five deadlifts and it's like, Oh, I balance better. No, you just have to sit and balance on a single leg. And so, um, you know, footwear that, that definitely, (laughs) um, you know, helps out a lot in, in identifying, you know, kind of how you're grounding yourself, how you're rooting yourself to this earth, um, and, and creating that stability. And so, you know, not to, go back to the, the toe spacer, right? But creating a <laughs> tripod with your foot, right? And in and, and, and trying to help create as much surface area as possible um, for your foot to, to root to the ground. Because if you're not stable there, then your body just kind of goes up and asks, you know, kind of the joint above it to kind of help it out. And so that's when people sprain those ankles. Are you a proponent of barefoot training? Very much so. Okay. Um, and the reason why is because... Um, your your body is going to find a way again to to root itself into this earth and if you have shoes on um you're you're creating this external support right and so a lot of times when do you know people sprain their ankles right it's when they have cleats on that are way too tight or um they're wearing heels and they might've had one too many, you know, gin and tonics and, you <laughs> sure. know, and, and missed a curb. Um, it's because you're essentially almost like walking on stilts. Right. And so if you can train your body on utilizing its most natural, most bare form, well, guess what? The second you throw on your shoe, then that's the cherry on top. Right. Um, it's a, adds a little bit like of support and stability. So if you can take it down to barefoot to, that's why they call it minimalist, you know, um, everything else on top of that just just helps and adds that stability. Right. Yeah. Super helpful. Great. Yeah. Love that. Can you talk a little bit about the importance of strength training? Yeah. Um, it's, it's vital, right? Uh, you know, I always go back to the analogy of the car, but it's one of those things where unless you, you prep your car to be able to do the work, to do the drives, right? That it's, that it's supposed to do, then it's, then it's not going to run well. You're not going to have the longevity. You're not going to be able to put the miles on it. And so with that comes strength and stability. It always kills me when people come in and they say, well, you know, I don't lift heavy weights or I don't, you know, do resistance training because I don't want to get big. I don't want to get bulky. I don't, um, I think it only leads to injuries. Whereas I'm in the campus, I almost think a complete opposite, right? Um, and people, you know, automatically assume society uh, has this mindset of these like big, robust weights, right? Um, deadlifting, you know, 300, 400 pounds. 
well, it's like, wait a second, just teach your body how to deadlift 50 pounds or 100 pounds. I just come, came back from uh, a vacation where my suitcase was over 50 pounds, right? And so, again, that's not a huge, you know, brick or block of wood or anything like that or a weight. It's something that I do on a functional basis, right? Um, this morning, I dropped something underneath my couch and I had to move my couch. Well, my couch isn't as light as a feather. And so unless you're doing proper strength training, unless you're arming your body for the things that it's about to go through on a daily basis, well, guess what? That's where injury lies. That's where injury happens. And so people have to you know, shift their mindset into um, strength training is placing a load on something, anything more than it's used to. Right. And so even at the smallest aspect, five, 10 pounds, a lot of times for certain body parts and regions, that's considered strength training. So it, it's, it's vital for everyday individuals just for functional strength, longevity and quality of life. So, yeah, other than strength training, what kind of daily practices or habits do you employ to keep your body healthy that you think should be standard everyday practice for everyone? Oh, wow putting me on the spot here uh he has no yeah i always say you know i'm the i'm the best uh, not the best i'm a decent teacher i'm not a great student i awesome. you know do right. as i say not as i do but i think it's honestly it's just um taking care of your body in in all facets right i think you you know alluded to it you know let's start with nutrition right you are what you eat. I mean, I've heard that once, twice, a million times, and it's so true. I mean, go out and, you know, have a have a weekend and eat poorly and, and think to yourself, okay, well, why am I a little slow? Why am I a little sluggish on Monday? It's not because it's Monday, and it's not because it's Monday morning. It's because the fuel that you put in your car wasn't the best for it, right? And so starting there and trying to, you know, uh, eat healthy but not, you know, kill yourself by, um, you know, calorie counting and things like that right i think the next thing is uh on the daily doing some form of exercise or activity once a day right um you know pick your favorite right i'm not saying you know go be miserable when you do a workout by yourself i think that's a lot of times why i hop into the classes at moxie is because i enjoy having someone else tell me certain exercises to do. I do that on a daily basis. That's the last thing I want to do. And so do something that you enjoy, right? And people are like, oh, I just do it because I sweat. No, go because you like this person's music because the social you know, aspect of it, go enjoy for that hour of the day because sometimes that's the only hour that you get to yourself. Um, some form of movement, right? Um, yoga, um, even, even breath work, right? Um, that you can do uh, on a daily. And then the last thing, I would say the last couple of things is um, is taking the time to uh, reward your body with certain ways to promote blood flow, right? So the self-mobility technique that I talk about is, you know, using a little cross ball and, and whatnot against the wall, you know, and kind of helping get blood flow into that area. You can do that other ways as well, right? Um, you know, I love the infrared sauna. I sneak in there with it right next to my door anytime that I can um, because that promotes, you know, circulation, that promotes blood flow. Um, you're essentially just helping optimize your body's natural process. Um, and then I think the last thing is sleep. I mean, that's, that's really a, a vital piece that is, that is missed from a, a lot of people. And I, I'm guilty of it, you know, busy days and saying, well, I only got 
five hours. That's all I can give my body. But on the times that you can, you know, give your body and arm your body with those eight, nine, you know, sometimes even 10 hours of sleep, that's when your body resets. That's when your body heals. That's when um, you wake up the next day and you feel fresh, not only physically, but mentally and emotionally as well. And that's a big piece because, you know, to think that your body does not um, uh, manifest emotion, emotions and, and mental statuses physically, you know, you're out to lunch, you know, you're missing the ball. Right. And so um, I think all of those components on a daily basis can, can help out with that. I love it. Most eat, definitely. Eat well, exercise and sleep. And sauna. I love all those things. (laughs) (laughs) Chris, wow, what a fun little treat we had today. I think people are going to walk away with a lot of good information. Me too. But we we always end with the same question. Oh, boy. Dr. Chris Scott, what do you look for in a friend? Wow. Save the best for last, I guess. You guys should have started with this. You know, got brain juices flowing. Friends with health benefits. Yeah, that's what I should say, with the health benefit. Um, no, I think it's um, it goes back to it's it's a relationship, right? It's active. It's dynamic. It's fluid. And so um, with that, what I look for in friends is a, is a two-way street that is going to um, comfort me in times that, you know, I struggle a little bit or... Um, you know, they educate me or they help me in, in ways that I, you know, maybe I'm not used to or have seen, um, but then also, you know, challenge me as, as well. And so um, with that, it's, it's a constant back and forth with a friend, right? I think a lot of times we let, you know, friendships and, um, you know, relationships become stagnant or we become complacent or, um, you know, content with what it is. And so if you're not always, you know, uh, taking it to the next level, challenging each other, you know, making it an active relationship, making it an active friendship. Um, then I don't know if that's the best one or if that's the one that I want. So I think that's what I look for in a friend, I guess. I love Great. That. Couldn't yeah. agree more. Yeah. <laughs> so where can people contact you? Where can they find you? At a Moxie. I'm there way too much, <laughs> you know? So, um, no, I'm at, um, Rio physical therapy, REO physical therapy on Instagram, RioPhysicalTherapy.com. Um, or again at Moxie, uh, I, I, I wish I could say that I'm this big, scary person that doesn't want to talk to you and, and whatnot, or I'm super busy, but I always love the, the in-between or in then passing, you know, people say, Oh, you're the PT guy. You're the physical therapist guy. Um, you're the guy that wears the slacks, you're right? You're the, you're the <laughs> pants, you're the you're their pants guy, you know? And, and so it's with that, you know, just coming up and asking simple questions, you know, with that. And so, um, you know, hopefully this year, uh, like yourself, you guys, um, starting to put out a little bit more education so that people can, people can see that and utilize that. Um, but I'm there all the time. Right. So Great. <laughs> please come find me. Awesome. Talk to me. Yeah. Great. Well, thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks for having see me. See you next week. Yeah.